Welcome to Planetary Health First, Mars Next. We're on a mission to transform healthcare where all equally benefit by building a robust, dynamic, diverse community. So glad you could join us. Welcome, everyone, to Planetary Health First, Mars Next. We got some amazing guests today, and uh, we are here, and we are uh, on a journey, not to Mars, but here, uh, and we have a special Israeli company here, and our topic, I'm going to try to read it off the screen, Health Tech Horizons, an Israeli startup riveting journey that's redefining, where did that go? a riveting journey that's redefining proactive patient care. And we have the founder here, uh, Tomer, and we also have Pat. And let me just read a quick bio uh, just to give you a little bit of insight of, of some context. Tomer uh, uh, Shusson uh, is the co-founder and CEO of One Step. And it's a digital health platform that empowers motion health through actionable insight and proactive care. He is alumnus of the IDF's elite telepath program. So we'll get into that later. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's secretive. So you'll find out soon <laughs> what that is. I trust you. And he's a physicist. That's pretty cool. So he can do some, I don't know what he's up to there, but we're gonna find out soon too. During the military service, he applied his scientific expertise to develop groundbreaking technology and later returned to Talbot to serve as the chief instruction and deputy commander of the program. He is now applying his professional expertise to create a positive impact by working with leading providers across the U.S. to transform healthcare through innovative technology. And we need healthcare transformation. So thank you. And his comrade to his Top is my good friend, Pat Ternowski. He's the chief commercial officer at One Step. He's accountable for the company's U.S. market entry through strategic provider partnerships. His deep healthcare experience as a leader in health plans, health systems, medical device startups, and digital care delivery supports enables One Step's growth and scale. As an entrepreneur, Pat has successfully launched and scaled care delivery companies, digital solutions that focused on health and well-being, disease management and virtual care, and worked with providers to achieve success in value-based payment models. Pat is a doctor of physical therapy with a master's in business administration, is an active member of the American Physical Therapy Association. Well, this is great, and here we are on this healthcare journey. And so let's just start out with what is One Step? Sure. So, so maybe I'll start and Pat uh, jump in as you always uh, as you always do. Um, so, thanks, thanks so much, Michael, for having us. Um, I'll tell you what the idea behind uh, One Step is. Uh, we actually co-founded the the company. Three good friends uh, that served together in military service. Military service is mandatory in Israel. So, we, after serving for ten years uh, in a kind of the West Point equivalent of tech leadership for the Israeli Defense Forces, um, we decided to find to, to, to start a healthcare company. Um, and uh, the idea was we really strongly believed in the power of the smartphone as a monitoring tool. We saw how smartphones 
and smartphone sensors are being used for so many different uses uh, from national security to Facebook personalizing ads for you. And we thought, hey, why not help people understand whether they're healthy or not? Um, and very quickly it came upon us that the realization that um, we all know how much we weigh. We all know what our height is. Uh, we all know, or most adults know what their blood pressure is. And yet no one knows what their gait speed is, or are they leaning more to the left or to the right when they're walking? And these parameters are very significant indicators of our health. They actually should teach about our neurological and physiological health as much as any other uh, vital sign. Uh, and we realized that people don't know anything about how they walk because it's so hard to measure. Uh, and so the idea that drove us from day one was let's build technology that allows you to measure how you walk from a smartphone in your pocket or actually anywhere on you. Uh, so that's one step in a nutshell. It's technology. It's a smartphone app that trans that you know transforms any smartphone into a 24-7 motion lab. You just put it anywhere on you. You take a walk as short as 10 steps uh, and you immediately get a breakdown, a, a score for your walk. Uh, and we're using that to actually help clinicians all across the rehabilitation space. So from orthotics and prosthetics to skilled nursing facilities and post-acute care. Uh, and finally, obviously physical therapy, joint replacements, pre and post surgeries, uh, we're just helping them gain visibility into, uh, we're helping the clinicians gain visibility into how their patients are doing. We're helping them motivate patients. So we're helping patients understand what they need to do to, to get better. Uh, and finally, provide care that is around the clock and is not limited to in-person settings. Wow. Uh, Pat, anything you want to add to that? You know, I think, Michael, we, we jump ahead just a little bit and great to see you uh again thanks for having us on here today it's always always fun to spend time with you and and i just i appreciate the the diversity of the guests that you bring on the podcast because they think you're, you're tackling some big issues so uh we appreciate the opportunity to be with you today um you know telmer and and his uh his co-founder's vision um part of what has made this so fun for me i think and exciting for our providers is um, as, as we've brought this, and we can talk about sort of the journey of how the platform came to the States, but as we brought the platform forward, we've, we're hearing customers, whether they're current or prospective customers, telling us, oh, you can, you can help us solve problems. In fact, you might not even underappreciate the value of, of the technology that you're bringing, but you can help me solve problems, whether they're clinical problems, or you can help me with, um, operating problems or staffing problems or prevention problems or economic problems. So, so in addition to this, this remarkable group of co-founders with an incredible eye towards the future in leveraging smartphones, um, uh, the product market fit seems to be there. So it's just been, it's been a very fun uh, journey to bring new technology into a market that's solving multiple problems on multiple levels. You know, there's a, a, a buddy out there, John Hart, and he was just wanting, I, I think there's this, this amazing interest, and I'm just trying to get the, the elephant out of the room before we get going, is everyone loves Israeli tech. I mean, you guys are super tech. We got so many companies, whether it be WhatsApp, 
right? Or ways, and I can name a few others, but you can get into that. But just if there's any sort of technology, maybe you should be talking a little bit about that soon. Um, just, just, uh, a, just, just give us a little bit of the ecosystem there. Uh, I would think would be kind of an interesting thing as you develop this technology. Absolutely. So, so first of all, you know, I think you know one one thing I would like to mention is um, I don't consider One Step to be an Israeli company. I do, with all my heart, consider One Step to be an Israeli U.S. company, and I think that without the leadership of people like Pat and our team, uh, uh, we wouldn't have been able to to make it in the U.S. Uh, I think that Israel, you know, you know, it's very. I, I'm try, I try to avoid, you know, generalizing as, too much, but generally we Israelis are very good with technology. And I think it comes from two, it stems from two things. The first one is our culture is to doubt. Our culture is to always ask questions, always feel that we are right and no one and everyone else is wrong. Uh, and we're kind of uh, storming on everything with a D9 and ruining every wall in front of us. That's kind of the Israeli mentality. Um, and this is why there's so many good technologies here in Israel. Also, it's a small country. We all serve in the military. A lot of the military is around, is revolving around technology. And, uh, I think that there are great people here and this really is, a, you know, it's, it's kind of a melting pot for innovation. Uh, and the fact that I can just go to, you know, to any other Israeli founder, you know, the ecosystem here is very warm. I can go to any Israeli founder or anyone from high tech that, you know, here from here and just ask for advice and brainstorm together. Everything is so warm that this really helps uh, companies thrive here. Um, I will say that I also saw, I also see it as a downside when Israeli companies are trying to storm at the U.S. healthcare market too strongly. Like the U.S. healthcare market is very complex, hard to navigate and slow moving. And I mean, in a good way, it's also stable. Um, and if you try to disrupt it too much, uh, you're going to fail. So I feel that actually the best recipe for companies is to have a strong commercial leadership in the US that understands the market together with great technology from Israel. I think that's a, a prompt or sort of a opening segue to Pat, uh, who brings that right pat is a very skillful you know leading and and health plans the digital health ecosystem as a physical therapist so it seems like that the partnership that you guys are having really are lending you to to really finding that what is so important that i think that product market fit and um you know, I would love for you guys to start talking a little bit about that, um, you know, what it was like uh, doing this sort of partnership, trying to work together within the U.S. Uh, if you could just uh, share with our audience, I, I don't know, Pat, if you if you want to start on that question. Yeah, yeah I will, Michael. Um, <clears throat> and maybe to just uh, add one one more bit of uh Color, I think, to Tomer's point about this, the the remarkable tech scene in Israel, and uh, and an approach of 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 questioning and and probing and looking um, differently. There's a uh, there's um, 
there's a really appropriate amount of a sort of a bluntness there that I, I have found absolutely refreshing and engaging and powerful because as we, as we look at the complexity of the U.S. healthcare ecosystem, we do need folks who are taking a, taking a problem and, and look, turning it 90 degrees and just looking at it differently, but doing so in such a way that, to Tomer's point, is not, is not trying to run through a wall but is to say, let's look differently, but appreciate the complexity and how do we how do we add value and enable rather than trying to come in and disrupt. So I think the this I, this this uh, comp, the, the very complementary cultures. If I think we have um, strong relationships, strong leadership with with Tomer and and the the co-founder team from Israel who are very uh, willing and and excited to learn how to approach and navigate within um, rather than trying to displace. So one of the, you know, when, when we started working together and exploring the U.S. Uh, ecosystem, um, we, went, we went very deep into a customer discovery project. And, and that's where Tomer and I first got to know each other. Um, uh, where Tomer had said, you know, we, we know we're on to something. We've got a technology that we know is, has the potential to make meaningful impact on the lives of patients and providers. But let's be smart about how, where we point it. So we went, we went really deep into talking to, to providers from across the healthcare ecosystem, whether they're physical therapists or orthotists and prosthetists and orthopedic surgeons and podiatry and physiatry and uh, administrators and skilled nursing facilities, medical device executives and, and developers. And based on what we heard from these, from these customers, we said, wow, there's, there's fit here. There's a, there is an opportunity to bring technology in, in empower and enable new, uh, new approaches. And, and that's really where I think we, we started. We, we went, as I said, deep into this customer discovery to really identify the need, you know, whether you're, uh, a fan of a jobs to be done or uh, from, from in my experience uh, working through the national science foundation's i program, but really talking to customers. And, and I think some of the magic in that process is we didn't talk much about the product. We really sought to understand their day to day. What problems are they really faced with? How do they solve them? How do they make decisions? Who makes decisions? What sort of budgets do you have? And with that, um, we were able to say, this is how the product really fits. And in fact, most of those conversations ended up with, with the, the people with whom we were interviewing saying, all right, tell me what you're doing because you're, you're kind of hinting around it. Tell me what you're doing. And then that led us into them um, saying, let me help you understand the market even better. Oh, we cannot hear you. Yeah, I lost you, Michael. Can't hear you. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it helps when you have your mute off. Thank you. Um, we have Stacy Mays uh, as an audience member, super smart, long-term health care executive, has a question. Who is the customer? Yeah, so um, we, sell, we sell mainly to three segments at this point. Uh, one segment is uh, post-acute care, so skilled nursing facilities and PT providers for the skilled nursing facilities. 
we have a fall prevention program that is origined with uh, our proprietary fall risk uh, score. So uh, they're using one step to know which patient, which residents to focus on and what do they need to do to uh, help, um, you know, to help um, prevent the, the next fall. Uh, another segment is medical devices, orthotics and prosthetics, where one step is being used to help improve fit and wear and also measure efficacy of devices uh, and monitor patients using the devices over time to see if something has gone wrong or everything is right. Uh, and finally, uh, we are uh, quite strong in the outpatient uh, physical therapy space. So outpatient rehabilitation, uh, there are new codes uh, called Remote Therapeutic Monitoring, RTM, and OneStep is a very efficient tool to collect uh, RTM uh, because it automatically tracks patient engagement and collects, uh, not just engagement, but clinical, collects FDA-listed, clinically validated data whenever the patient carries their smartphone on them. Uh, so that makes it, you know, the monitoring part relatively easy. Wow. That's and, awesome. And, yeah, maybe, uh, Michael, I could jump in just one more thing on, on Stacy's point. So, you know, as Tom was describing that, that's, that's the customer, that's, that's the buyer for us. But, but we also know that a, uh, a customer in this is the end user, the patient. And, and so what we've designed is not only intended to be very efficient and effective for the provider, but also we know it needs to be engaging with the, for the patient because as we've all seen over over our lifetimes in this healthcare world, there are fantastic technologies that uh, may that are built for uh, built for a researcher, built for a technologist that might not be patient facing or might not have had that patient in in the loop. And if we don't have the patient, then we really have not given a tool that enables the provider to be set up for success. So from from the customer perspective. There's a buyer, but we also know that is that it's that um, uh, the provider, and it is the uh, patient, and in many cases the patient's caregiver. Especially as we look at that, um, you know, this aging, the, the, the aging population who they're relying on on kids, nieces, nephews, grandkids to be a crucial part of their um, their care experience. And we have another question very much on this topic from a good friend, Christina. She's actually from the Virginia Beach area. She's uh, a representative, works uh, in the data analytics division at CityBlock. And uh, so she's really impressed. Great niche products. Her question is saying, is your product a standalone or in tandem with PT or primary specialist physician care? What does your current client portfolio look like? So it's sort of a follow up. You probably answered a little bit of that, but I thought it'd be good to have you guys answer that. Sure. Pat, do you want to take it? Yeah. Um, so the, the, the second, uh, second part of your question uh, first, Christina. So the current client portfolio, uh, I think we've described some of that, uh, where the outpatient therapist, really this entire post-acute care continuum, and it's increasing. Uh, so as recently as just the, the past 10 days, um, we, we have engaged in very deep discussions with and will likely be launching with uh, groups that have um, the two inpatient rehabilitation. Um, so we see more and more uh, application in um, in this post-acute portfolio as well. Uh, so the product, um, it could, we can operate as a as a standalone with a PT, um, but we also 
operate within an ecosystem where we see the PT that is part of a physician practice um, or primary care that's using the data as part of an overall kind of a, a one source of truth, one source of data, looking at gait and mobility as a leading indicator of health, as a vital sign. So multiple providers engaged in this patient's care are able to see data and, and performance about their patient across their journey. Wow, fascinating. Uh, and we have one, we have another question uh, from John, and I think that's meaning what about the VA audience? I'm, I'm assuming, is it going through approval process? Yeah, John, um, uh, we're early, early, early phase stages there. And it sounds like you've got some experience in the VA, so you know that it can be a bit of a process. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story uh, about why we're so excited about uh, entering into the VA space. We were approached last year by a group based here in the states. It's a nonprofit that is taking care of Ukrainian soldiers who have lost limbs fighting in the in the war with Russia. And. These, these soldiers, after they have incurred their amputation and they're stabilized overseas, the, the number of civilians and soldiers that have lost limbs in the war is staggering. And their healthcare system does not have the bandwidth or capacity to provide good rehabilitation uh, prosthetic services for them. So, the, so there are uh, nonprofits in the States that are helping to take care of these, of these uh, soldiers and civilians. We were approached by one group um, that brings soldiers over and fits them with prostheses, trains them, gives them a bit of respite care. Um, and at the conclusion of their care, they go back to the, back to the Ukraine and 50% of these soldiers with new, uh, relatively fresh amputations within a few days are back on the front line fighting again. So our role, what we were asked to do is when they come to the States, could you help us with baseline measurements? Give us the opportunity to understand how these soldiers are functioning with their new prosthetic. We're going to train them on how to use it. And we're, when they go back to the Ukraine, we're sending them with tools and instructions to update, modify, adjust their prostheses. Uh, because for those who have been involved in this care, we know it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a can be an extensive process to get the right fit. What the prosthetists here in the United States are doing is using one step to watch these soldiers ambulate in the, the Ukraine, get baseline data, identify where there might be a need to improve the or change the device, change the way that the foot is positioned on the prosthetic, change the resistance in the in the spring, or or um, you know change a component make an adjustment, walk again, make an adjustment, walk again. And then the prosthetist is able to say to the soldier in the Ukraine through their phone, okay, you seem to be optimized for being back uh, on the front line. So when we see the value that we're bringing to the Ukrainian soldiers and the opportunity there, we feel a deep commitment to bringing that same sort of technology into the VA, not only for those who have incurred limb loss, but for those with... Um, uh, peripheral neuropathy that are having uh, that are at fall risk for those that are having hip and joint replacements uh, to be able to uh, be an active and important part of 
monitoring their post post-surgical uh, rehabilitation trajectory. So kind of a long answer, John, uh, for to your question of, we haven't yet penetrated into the VA. We're starting early conversations. A request to anybody that's listening, if you have interest in, and um, uh, um, uh, can help us navigate that process, please let us know. We would, we very much, we're very committed and passionate about bringing this technology into the, the soldiers into the United States and into our veterans. Well, that was great. And we have another question uh, from the audience as well. And uh, it's a follow-up uh, from Stacy again. Has your scoring system had outside validation? Yeah, it has. It's, uh, we actually published four validation papers with leading medical centers in the U.S., um, as well as two functional studies with Mount Sinai, uh, where uh, we validated all the gate parameters that we extract. And uh, our models, of our scoring based on gate parameters is either extensively validated or based on literature, well-known fact. So everything we, everything we say is based on uh, validations. Wow, that's awesome. So where do we go from here? We're almost like about halfway through. Is there anything... Uh, the two of you want to uh, share uh, that that if you know through this conversation that's gotten you excited, been thinking about more that you'd like to share. Uh, Tomer, I just have a, a question for you. You know, coming from from Israel and learning about the U.S. healthcare market, you know what what has surprised you? Um, and, and I know we only have a couple of minutes because we could probably do four days on what's what's been surprising. But what's been surprising, and where 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 what has that what's continued to keep you encouraged about it? Um, so I'll tell you what. There's as as an Israeli founder in healthcare, there's this common statement that you know the U.S. healthcare system is so complex because there are so many different models and it's so hard to navigate. And, you know, in Israel, we have universal healthcare and it's pretty simple. Um, and, and you know, they, everyone says like you, at some, as an Israeli founder, you at some point you get um, broken, like the system breaks you because you're starting this company to help people live a healthier life. And then at some point you realize that it's all about money. Um, and I got to say, I, 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 to, in, in my experience today, it's quite the opposite. So, yeah, we founded One Step to Help Patients. And for the first two years, we were actually a direct-to-consumer business. We were for, for the sake of data collection. So we treated thousands of patients ourselves with PTs that we hired in the U.S. Um, with the goal of providing the best care that we can. And we didn't care about revenue. We just cared about collecting data and improving outcomes. Um, and then we started caring about the clinicians themselves. How do we build the best experience to clinic for clinicians? And how do we make it simple for clinicians? And at that point, uh, when we started selling to providers, I was actually pleasantly surprised that because the more, you know, capitalism work, right? Um, I, I mean, we, uh, we in the Western world ought to believe this to some extent. So I, I feel that good capitalism work. And so when, when we tried selling One Step in Israel to the HMOs, essentially, um, they don't care as much about innovation as some of the large providers and payers in the U.S. 
because you know they get paid a fixed amount no quality ratings no you know no nothing they get paid a fixed amount uh, and if it's taking time for the clinician um, or it's you know or the ROI is not immediate it's very hard for them to justify they won't even start but in the US because it's all about money it also makes it about patient care so yeah the system is cynical but if you're reducing falls like we do you there are there are providers that are genuinely excited about that if you're able to justify additional care that is you know necessary for the patient there are providers that are genuinely excited about that i i actually feel that with all the mess in the us healthcare system there are reasons to be there are reasons to be very optimistic because there are to the foundations of the right reimbursement models that incentivize innovation. And I think that the new RTM codes, the new remote therapeutic monitoring codes are a great example of it. Like it, there was a, during COVID, there was a wave of digital only solution, digital only physical therapy, a remote home exercise program without even a human physical therapist. Um, and I feel that the remote therapeutic monitoring codes are the, CMS's re response to it. And this is kind of shows that the future is hybrid. The future is where a human physical therapist uses technology to provide proactive data-driven around-the-clock care. Uh, and these codes are actually, you know, they're, I, I, I like calling them the fee-for-service answer to, you know, to value-based or the fee-for-service, you know, model for value, for true value-based care, because they do enable value-based care in a fee-for-service model. So I, I find it quite straightforward, actually. Well, our next question is again from Christina, and she's asking, how is the data shared extraction method or app access for associated providers? Um, I'll, I'm not sure I fully understand the question, but I'll try to answer. So the patient downloads the OneSip app where they, whenever they walk with a smartphone on them, we extract, uh, we extract gate data and the parameters. Uh, and the patient also can answer, you know, we've implemented all the standard questionnaires. We've implemented standard physical therapy and rehabilitation tests, uh, a cognitive tests physical test, et cetera. And this is all done, done through a smartphone. Uh, and the patient is connected to the referring clinician. So all the data is also available via web uh, dashboard to the clinician that referred the patient. Uh, obviously, the patient consents to it when they sign up or they, if they choose not to, then the data won't be shared. Uh, and usually, usually the, the clinician and the patient will you know, we'll speak about one step before the patient downloads it. So this makes the process more straightforward. Excellent. Uh, we're getting some good questions here. Um, I, I think one thing that I would uh, like to know is just when you guys uh, started, um, when was that leap from the U.S. from Israel to U.S.? How, how did that go about? Um, just if you could share a little more about that and just sort of your journey, your general journey. For sure. So, um, 
it's funny, but we, we actually, so as I said, when we started, the idea that we actually had in mind was how we believe in the power of smartphone. How can we use the smartphone to, you know, to help people live a healthier life? And the first idea that we realistic, you know, that we seriously considered was actually detecting stroke in real time. So the idea was, if I had a stroke right now, I would probably not notice, but you would see it in the way that I speak and that I walk and that I move and, and you know, my half my body would be paralyzed. Uh, and, and so you really need a bystander uh, to tell you that something is wrong. And we thought, hey, the smartphone can be that bystander. When you just walk, you, you know, if you walk and your phone is on you, we are able to detect the, the paralyzed pattern. Um, and we started two clinical studies in medical centers in Israel. Uh, and we saw that we are able to, you know, to detect in real time. It was a study with, uh, with patients that are, have already had a stroke. Uh, and we saw that we were able to detect the recurring stroke in real time. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a very hard business case. Um, stroke is a one-time thing. How do you get pay people to download the app upfront, even if you're looking at a risk population? Uh, and also, you know, how the workflow works. And there's a lot of FDA approval to, you know, that it's a very serious thing to call out a stroke. Um, and then uh, we met one of our investors, Michael Eisenberg, who is a very, very smart investor. And he told us, listen, instead of waiting years for FDA approval for stroke detection, why don't you go to those patients that have had a stroke and try to offer them something else, try to offer them something that will help them recover? Um, and this is when we realized if we're able to analyze the, uh, the dysfunctional gait pattern post-stroke, we can start tracking the recovery as well and understand what's the distance between the, you know, the, the injury, the stroke, or, the, you know, the, the, the medical case and the uh, healthy gait or the healthy walk pattern. Um, and at that point, we, you know, we, we launched uh, the product as it is today. Uh, we went to the U.S. from day one. So, you know, Israel is a, is a small market and we always offered our services here for free to anyone who just wanted. But it was clear to us that, you know, that we have to go to the U.S. market. Uh, Israeli startups don't sell just in Israel. Pat, anything you would like to add? Um, yeah, maybe not not so much about that, you know, that shift or that that decision to enter U.S. market. I think the uh, the the shift from the direct consumer to the B two B was a was a very thoughtful decision as well. And um, you know, we we've as we look at the U.S. market being very complex, it's still populated by providers who are going into this world to help people. And, and it's, so I think as we, as we look at bringing a technology that is there to support and to enable and to give them tools to be more efficient and to make day-to-day -day a bit easier, um, uh, it, it helps to encourage that, I think that, that transition into the US market for sure. So can you tell me a little bit, uh, why do you think you are winning in the U.S. market and uh, what sets you apart? Yeah, I, I can jump in on that one. 
I think that there are a few reasons. Um, one, we're bringing, as you've heard, we're bringing a unique, a unique technology to market, and and we're. I think we've. I won't say uncovered, but I think we've resurfaced the importance of gait and mobility as a leading indicator of health. There's so much data out there that you know in in my physical therapy world, we talk about gait and gait speed as a sixth vital sign. And, and we've known that. And I think um, it's been very difficult to have objective measures around that. So as we bring, bring a tool to allow providers to use evidence in their practice, that it, it creates a, a conversation that we, that we begin uh, gets very interesting very early. We're also, we're having success also, Michael, because so much of the technology that has, that has launched into the States is dependent upon hardware. There are remarkable sensors and remarkable cameras and remarkable uh, straps that, that, have, uh, been, that have entered the market, but they all require the patient to do something, something else. And, and we know, so if, if I am, if I am the best physical therapist uh, with respect to interacting with my patient, my patients are probably adhering to or, uh, or doing the things around home exercises that I, I think would be good for them only about 27% of the time. And, and we see patients when we give them tools that tool is great, but the adoption curve drops very, very quickly. So one of the things that we've done is eliminated the need for hardware. We're using a tool that is that is so ubiquitous in, in, the, in the population today, whether it's young or uh, ever increasingly in the senior population, that we've eliminated that barrier. So we've made it very simple because we're using tools they already have. And, and I think that has certainly helped to eliminate um, eliminate resistance or to, or to make the adoption faster. The other thing, you know, relative to devices, um, the hardware, what we have heard from the customers where we're winning is I've gotten a little tired of having to be in an inventory management business. You know, where did this go? Where did that go? This thing didn't get charged. And, and so again, taking advantage of something as simple as a smartphone to capture this data and to stay in connection with the patient has made it just very easy for the providers to say, um, I, I like this technology. Then layer into that all of the things that, that we've talked about, you know, the ability to look at, identify and predict, um, predict falls, predict and prevent falls. To identify, we, we just presented recently at a national physical therapy meeting, a, a case study of um, uh, a patient that one of our customers was working with who had had a, um, he'd had a, a total hip replacement. And we were able to detect within about seven days post-op that it just didn't look right. And I can't recall all of the parameters, but we were able to identify that based upon our, our data, we knew that he was not following an expected rehab trajectory. And that prompted the therapist to have the patient get back to their surgeon who did some x-rays and found that there was a periprosthetic fracture. Mm. And um, 
So when we, when we talk about those kinds of use cases, that helps our providers start to connect the dots and say, you can really help. Wow, that was powerful. I'm hearing like three big things. Uh, frictionlessness, like you're not making the user learn something new. I mean, my mom's 84. She can use a f smartphone. Now, maybe not all the apps, but I think she could probably do it. The other thing is helping the providers keep track of all the data and probably get paid too. A lot of them are doing all these things and they're not getting paid, but now they have you one step and they're getting two steps in their actual ICDs or whatever. And then the third and final one was that's amazing on follow up with therapies and making sure that, you know, to, to be able to validate that, like, hey, this surgery probably isn't going right. There's no way that that would have happened as effectively without you. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, maybe I could share one more story um, <laughs> because we know stories are so powerful. Uh, one of our, our customers takes care of um, uh, their uh, outpatient therapy provider that takes care of seniors in their home. And they shared with us a story of one of, their, one of their patients who was an older gentleman as they were monitoring him and providing uh, therapy for him virtually. Everything looks good his, his, from his patient reported outcome measures, his functional measures that we're able to capture inside of uh, the OneStep platform uh, until it didn't. There's a day when he just, he, everything just starts going in the wrong direction. He's not moving. And it prompted them to send a therapist to their to his home, and they got there, and, and the 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 patient was complaining about some pretty significant uh, belly pain. They were able to get him to the to the see the physician, who said you have a GI bleed, and they did uh, uh, an emergency surgery, and um, with a, a very very successful outcome. And what this what this customer of ours, this partner. Uh, said was there's no way we would have known. So we wouldn't have known that he wasn't moving if we didn't have a technology like this. So in that case, while we're able to capture more than 40 parameters about how somebody is moving and um, uh, you know down to ranges of motion at the hip and at the knee. But in that case, what that provider was really looking for again was this idea of mobility and uh, as a leading indicator of health. And, and so I think just the stories that we tell when we talk with, we talk with our, our partners about these stories, it helps them to see, oh, now I, this would work here and it would work here. So they're helping us define the use cases and the expansion as well. Well, I think we have one more user case question from Stacy, and that's about vertigo. Have, have you guys used this for vertigo yet? I don't recall a specific case with vertigo, but I am a hundred percent sure that we that one step captures vertigo. Like that one step will detect that. Okay, cool. Well we're sort of coming to the end of this time together on this journey. We're still on Earth. We might go to Mars next. But Pat Tomer, it's your time here today. Is there anything else, any other takeaways that you have for our audience here? I think from, uh, I'll go first, then you can wrap us up, Tomer. I think we just, every day we continue to get more excited about the, both the opportunity to, to, for one step, but even more importantly, the opportunity to help providers and to help patients. 
I shared just a, a couple of patient use cases, and we know there are thousands more of them. And, and we hear them every day, not only from the, you know, our current partners, but from those with whom we're in discussions with. Um, uh, so we just get very excited. I look at the, at the team, the one-step technology and product team and how they are so assertively listening to our customers and continuing to refine and enhance the product in such a way that is, it's, it's delighting and engaging and adding significant value. So I, I think we just get, if, if the passion and excitement doesn't come through, um, uh, you know, we're just, we're, we just see that this continued opportunity for us to, to continue to, um, I think, health providers and patients in a very meaningful way. And Tom, are you? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll just say I'm very grateful for two factors that are contributing to our success. First one is timing. Uh, I mean, it's, this is just the time for digital care at large. Um, the amount of data collected, the amount of people having a smartphone, we just couldn't have done what we're doing five or 10 years ago. Now, now it's a very, very good timing for us. The amount of need for objective documentation all across, you know, and all across the rehabilitation spaces um, is just astonishing. And this put us, you know, this really helped set us up for success. And, and the second factor is just the team. I mean, first of all, I have two amazing co-founders, Yuval, our chief scientific officer, his ability and his team ability to, you know, the things that they extract from a smartphone, they're able to know when each feet land on the ground, lands on the ground and how, and are you doing it on your heel or on your toes? This is just incredible. Uh, and Shahar, our CTO, who is just, you know, is the, he solves every integration problem, building as such a flexible platform. And then just as Pat said, we have a, such a strong team of clinicians and customer centric product managers and customer success managers and salespeople and marketing people uh, and engineers. It's, you know, I, I, I'm really grateful to the people that have joined and also to all the circumstances and all the trends that are happening in the market that make this possible. Well, man, uh, it's been real. It's been good. And uh, I, I am impressed with one step and um, I need to just get up to step and I will continue to follow you guys. And I'm a big fan of Pat and Tomer. Uh, it was so good to have you on and to meet you and uh, to have you on as well, Pat. Thank you so much, Michael. Michael, thank you for the opportunity. Great to see you as always. You bet. So, Friends, it's been such a great journey today on Planetary Health First, Mars Next. Feel free to follow us. Just type in Planetary Health First, Mars Next on the internet. Until next time.